The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Dropping six beats, they called me DJ Nana. Am I to say fuck off? <laughs> I'll edit it. Edit so it out, fuck off. on Twitter by this kink.com something or else and I asked them if they'd be willing to podcast uh, sponsor they said maybe like get back to us kink.com so it's that something like that like fun. the kinkstore.com or nice. something like that the only problem is that I saw where they tweet constantly about like in in support of like transgender and stuff like that so god forbid they ever listened to yeah. some of my shit um. I don't, who the fuck knows if they would even listen? That's the thing. I'm hoping that they wouldn't. Um, no. Um, all right. Let me see. Let me just clear out some of the shit so I don't make sure I don't bring up old shit. Uh, where is this? Did we talk about Roger Stone yet? The arrest? No, we did not. And actually, um, we could do that a little bit too because you, I was watching your live stream the one time when you uh, brought that up. Stone. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, you've always loved that guy. Yeah, I've always been a big Roger Stone fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's, there's a copy of Get Me Roger or uh, Stone's Rules right here, actually. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, the minute... I yeah, you've saw, always been a big Stone guy, and I knew that somehow. I saw him on, I saw him on Bill Maher a while ago, and, and then I, and I saw the documentary, Get Me Roger Stone, and I was like, this guy is, I mean, this guy fucking rules. Yeah. 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 And he, um, it's interesting. He was having threesomes with his wife. Yeah. Well hung muscle men. Yeah. And he claims that he's, uh, not bad himself, I think, was, uh, according to one of the, uh, the yeah, I'm he had. Yeah, I'm sure, because, I mean... For him to be, I think that probably goes one of two ways, right? Like, by the way, are we ro- are we rolling? It's rolling, yeah. I mean, um, it's fine. It's yeah, I so always I always prefer yeah. to just be kind of like up and rolling. Yeah. Um, it goes one of two ways, right? Like either he's into being cucked out yeah. by guys, or he has no confidence issues because he himself yeah, is well it's just a fucking a and he just realizes that his wife. You know, like, he probably realizes that why not satisfy her with what she's looking for with me also there. Yeah. It's better for me than she's going out and running around and, you know, trying to find some extra deck. Well, plus, I mean, if, you, if they're going to, like, swingers clubs, I'm sure he's doing his his share of... Uh, homoerotic of, activities. Of, of blast. No, I mean, there are chicks there, too, right? Like, you would think... Like, I feel like... I feel like... I get the yeah, impression... Yeah, but some of those ads were for, you know, specifically I not, think he's just a freak. Right. That's yeah. kind of where I'm. What I'm getting. Like, I don't think. Like, I don't know if. I don't know if he has like a specific cuck fetish or anything like that. I. Th- I get the impression that he's just very libertine, and kind of into. He's just like when you go if you go to a sex club like because like I think for me like I, I look at a cuck thing as being like oh you're gonna go home and do it and it's gonna be like the shame of like being there and just watching your your wife get drilled or whatever. Um, but if you're at a swingers club, I feel like you're more. I, oh, I'm here now to, uh, you know, it's like going to the buffet. Right. Um, which, and a lot of them actually have actual buffets, from what I hear. Um, yeah, makes sense. You got to work on Yeah, appetite. people get hungry. You get hungry. You do. Um, speaking of that, and this is kind of just a that random. That must be weird, though. I do, uh, if you're at, like, the swingers fucking, you know, the fu- the big fuck off and you take a break, and you, you eat some casserole, and then you jump back in. That must be like, you know, with that swishing around in your stomach. That just, those seem like, uncon- you know, uncomfortable conditions to uh, to, to engage in group sex. Yeah, in. that does sound kind of... I think you have to be very careful about what kind of snacks you're providing. Yeah, I would Something think that... light. Yeah, or maybe... fruit. Fruit would be good. Fruit would be good. Like, or maybe something that's a little more... Um, substantial like like a sandwich or something too you know much what I mean? like too much definitely not a casserole yeah i don't think a casserole would work um all right so we got to yeah. get some more into roger stone but i'll just bring this up this was really fucking terrible and i don't know the details beyond it but it just kind of bring you know we're talking about snacks 
this guy who worked at a, um, a cheese factory up in the Hudson Valley. We didn't talk about this, did we? That um, he died. Did he die at work? in the vat? Did he we died talk in the vat. That? Yeah, I think we did. I think we might have touched on. Oh that. my god! See, that goes goes to show you how much that really fucking stayed with me. I really did. I mean, I'm I'm still to this day, um, disturbed by that. That's a bad way to go. Yeah. <laughs> You are now about to experience the most American podcast ever created. The truth is, Rumpus time is over. Rumpus, Rumpus time is over. Oh, you knucklehead. Come on, let The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. So, all right. Uh, some things I want to talk about include that I took this trip down to Georgia. Oh, yeah. To see a buddy of mine who moved down there with his wife, and they've got a uh, baby little girl. His his um uh, wife is pregnant as well. Again, she's due in May. And uh, they're down there in Georgia. It's like an hour north of Jacksonville, Florida, an hour south of Savannah. Okay. In the southeast portion of the state of Georgia. Um, by the way, we're also going to get into the whole Virginia situation. Yeah. So, so I think this trip kind of has a theme. The south, or this episode, I should say. Again. Yeah, this episode is kind of like a theme to an extent. Um, Whistling Dixie. Yeah. Uh, Virgil Kane was the name, and I worked on the Danville train uh, the night they told, uh, tore old Dixie down. So anyway, um, I was down in Georgia, and... An irrational anger moment happened for me. And I want to make sure that I talk about some of the irrational anger things that I deal with on a regular basis. Because, you know, it's just one of those things. I I tend to get angry about things more than the average person would. Yeah, I've I've had a lot of that. I, um, I started... I started jumping into like Buddhism and stuff, not like the religion, but just some of the practice. That's a good idea. Just because I was, I found myself getting so riled up, and I had been, I'd always been worried that that not getting riled up about things, I I wouldn't have anything interesting to talk about. So I had resisted, <laughs> like finding a solution to it, and then I started reading about, uh, like basically, it's it was a book called Buddhism Without Belief. So mm-hmm. it's just like it's dharmic practice without fucking, uh, you know, scripture and, uh, you know, having to do what the fucking, what the organized religion says, just, just kind of like the good parts, I guess. And, uh, yeah, they're just like, as soon as you start to, as soon as you start to get like that, just focus on your breathing and then focus on your surroundings and realize that getting fucking riled up over some shit isn't, uh, just isn't worth it. Like, there's this entire world around you that you're missing out on when you're walking down the street, you know, furious about whatever's going on. No, it's true. And, I mean, I, you know, it, it's really, it's always random shit. Like, so, this this note that I have about one that I experienced recently was when I was down in Georgia. I was flying back, and I'd already had my flight delayed by several hours. So, I was kind of, like, already in a mode where yeah. I was ready to be aggravated by shit. And... We take off. We're up in the air. This tiny little plane. And by the way, if there's any kind of like random chattering or background noise, it's just because uh, Mike's yeah. landlord is is very busy today. He appears to be remodeling his kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I'm on the plane and we're up in the air. And I asked the flight attendant if it was okay to you know go to the back of the plane and take a piss. And I didn't say it that way, but you know I was asking her if it was cool to get up and move around. And she said, "Oh yeah, honey, it's fine." So you know, like whatever. Um, and I undo my seatbelt, I get up and turn around, get to stand up, and this chick, four or five rows back, at least from where I was standing and how I addressed the situation, totally got up at the same exact time, like, saw that Uh, I was getting up. You got upstreamed. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought to myself, motherfucker. You know, like, why the fuck did you have to get up just then? Like, you saw yeah. that I was getting up to go to take a piss, and you just had to go before me? What bothers me about that is actually there, there are two factors that are going to come into play as this, as this sort of unfolds. And one of those factors is that men piss way quicker than women. 
I can, if I'm at a bar and the bar is not not busy, and I go to take a piss, I can pretty much be bathroom and back in 45 seconds. Um, a woman is, I feel like, not even ready to, un, you know, start a stream of fluid in 45 seconds. No. It's going to be a multi-minute ordeal. It's true. Um, and pure logic, pure logic would uh, would dictate that in any uh, any scenario in which a, a man and woman are going for the bathroom and urination is the uh, is the goal for both of them, that the man would get to go first because he's going to be quicker. And why why make him hold it for five minutes while while the chick is in there? Which to be honest, I'll be honest with you. But the rules of chivalry dictate that the man offer the bathroom that's, first to the woman. That's true. And I didn't even think about any of this. Like I didn't even I didn't factor in chivalry. I didn't factor in you know who was going to use the bathroom faster or anything of that. It was just yeah. the sheer factor of this person was not gonna go until yeah. they saw that i was going uh, and I, wonder, well, I, I looked back i i i judged was there any sort of stirring did anybody look like they were about to get up i was pretty close up to the to the front of the plane it was a better yeah. seat compared to what i've been sitting in i'm usually in the fucking 20s i happen to yeah. be like in the eighth or ninth row here or something yeah, like that so you would have died first on 9-11 yes i would have been yeah isn't that, is that macabre? Because, I mean, I think about that kind of stuff, actually, when I'm on plane. No, I'm serious. And actually, one of the times I was landing recently when I was coming back from Denver, a trip we talked about in the last episode, um, I heard some guys when we were sort of like circling and coming in and, and, and not far from Manhattan saying like, oh, you imagine those fucks had no idea. They didn't even Oh, the one the one guy goes, oh, they didn't know. They had no idea what was happening. They didn't know. And I mean, they the were talking about they didn't know. Yeah, right. After that, but then they did the second <laughs> then word got out. Yeah. Because yeah. that was why they, uh, that was why those guys on Flight 93 were like, "Hey, we're not, we're not, we're not going we're for not that going shit. Down like, like we're that. fucking take." Those guys are like my favorite American heroes, by the way. Hell yeah! What I totally just agree. The like the calm and the collectedness to gather in the back of the plane and and hash out a fucking plan when you know like what's up. Uh, just a minute. I fucking yeah. love those guys. No, no, I'm I'm right there with you. You ever hear that that, uh, that Neil Young song? Let's roll. Yes, that's great. Yeah. That song fucking rules. Yeah, yeah. No, that absolutely. Um, and he could be forgiven for Southern man. For, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of that, again, uh, we've got a theme yeah. here. Clearly, um, the whole Virginia situation. So, by the way, if I hadn't already introduced myself, I'm James Flippin. He's Mike Montone. And uh, we're partnering here together for Flipping Out Radio, the most American podcast ever created. So it's only right, it's only proper that we would discuss this um, good old American clusterfuck that's bubbling down in Virginia right now. And if you're not up to speed, the current governor is embroiled in a blackface slash possibly KKK hood controversy. Now, see, that's to me one of the most interesting and underdiscussed aspects of all this. The- there's there's still the possibility that dude had a KKK hood on. Somehow people act like that's not a bigger deal than the, the blackface fucking- thing. That's amazing no, to me. Here's here's my favorite part of my favorite response to that has been fucking uh, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts talking about it and saying, like, how about how about being the one who went with the KKK hood instead? <laughs> because nobody knows who the fuck you are. And you can just deny, deny, deny. I'll tell you. No, that's really crazy. And honestly, one of the craziest things about this whole story is that this probably came out because one of the pediatrician guys, that the, the, uh, you know, a fellow pediatrician that Northam went to school with, um, were, was probably so sickened by his like live abortion comments several days before that. Do you think that's that was the thing? It? Yeah, I, I think probably. I mean, it's just weird to me that all of a sudden this comes out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't a big school. A lot of people probably didn't have this uh, yearbook. You know, it's not like there's digital copies of the yearbook back then or whatever. You know, it's yeah. it's a it's a thing that gets passed around amongst like who knows how many classmates. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I until like really really recently i did not realize that blackface was even a a bad thing or was a thing 
Well, that's interesting you say that. If I, I honestly, would, if I saw someone, in, like I was aware of like like Sambo cartoons and stuff, right? But I never, like the idea of like I didn't really learn about minstrel shows until I read uh, this uh, Thaddeus Russell book, the Renegade History of the United yeah. States. Like I had no clue that that shit existed. I just thought, oh, like I guess yeah, if you painted your face black. You could be doing it for costume, or you could be doing it in a mean, mocking way. Right. There's an either or there. Whatever. I would just judge it by the context of of the situation. I didn't know there was like a fucking history to it. I had no clue about any of that until really recently. Yeah. So I mean, what is it? Amos and Andy? Is that the yeah? I think uh, so. The the longstanding, famous, um, you know, uh, vaudeville. Um, and, you know, before that radio even, or, or rather radio after, I guess, vaudeville. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting when you break it down because there's multiple layers to this onion. But the one that we might as well jump right in on, I think, is the whole concept of blackface and how it's now become the most um, offensive thing that almost like exists amongst our modern oh it's amazing we're obsessed we're like blackface obsessed now honestly if and i talk i'm gonna jump ahead in my notes i said this to one of my colleagues it's almost like we've forgotten about remember like for a a little while people really cared about women's rights and the whole me too thing was a big deal now it's like dude (laughs) you couldn't be more spot on unless he raped you while he had blackface on we don't give a shit if i was running an american newsroom right now I'd say, all right, this is what we're going to do. These are the headlines I want. I want entertainment. I want sports. I want weather. And race. Just race all the time. Lead story, race. Just race. Race, race. And it's just like every fucking time that you turn on the radio, the TV, whatever the fuck it may be, Twitter, you open it up, it's just race, baby. Yeah. Give it to me, race. I mean, that's like really all there is fucking to it anymore. It's amazing. I mean, like, I sat down the other day and what the fuck were they talking about? I don't know what it was. Um, Something with race. And it's just like, God, can we do anything other than race yeah. ever? Ever. Yeah, gender gender was in for a hot minute there, but we really got when it comes down to it, this country gets when we get testy about something, <laughs> it's fucking race is the number one thing. <laughs> it's just race all the time. Like honestly, that's what you should change the um not that any of us have anything to do with that, but the ten ten wins uh, top of the hour sounder should be all race all that, the time. That dun, dun, dun. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, not yeah. for any particular reason. I just I'm love that no, sounder. I, I'm in no way familiar with that. <laughs> I just love that sounder. <laughs> they and, do have, yeah, they do have a very good. Sounder. And I just want all race all the time because that's what American news is. That's all. I mean, uh, and look, it's not to say that there isn't a big story on anybody's hands when the governor of a major state is found to have been in either a KKK. Again, I still maintain that the fact that the dude had a KKK photo on, that's the bigger thing. I'm still so baffled, so amazed by the fact that this whole blackface thing came, took off again when the original photo, the seed thing, was a someone in a, clan hood. It's in just, a KKK it's, it's, hood. It's because you can't prove who the clan hood guy is. But that's still the bigger story, depending on whoever it is, that th- that that's somebody you're cool enough with to be on a photo in I'm 1984. I'm surprised it hasn't come out who that guy is, because people had But had it's like nobody gives a shit. You know, Alyssa Milano says that the red uh, MAGA hat is, is more of a KKK hood than a KKK hood, so, so it's almost silly. like people don't give a fuck. Who about this KKK hood? The the blackface is the bigger thing, and that's what's so amazing to me. It's like, where did this come from? Where the blackface thing is the biggest deal ever, like ever. Because what's so moronic and what I really can't handle. Do I mean, th- it, it gets to the point where I can't even really talk do about you, it. Do you think it's for and like because this is just me, like. You know, t- like I just like learned about this. I had no idea. So like, given. Taking taking a look at like the way blackface was used, do you th- like? I mean, obviously, like you know, I I understand 
understanding the context now of what blackface was, I get why they get why they get pissed. I I also think that there is still room for you to to change your skin color f- for a costume, and I think we should I think we should look at look at them both. But I still like I would I would never be like, oh, you have no right whatsoever to get mad about. I don't well, know. Like again, there's two different things that really stick out for me. One is um, Jimmy Kimmel, like, less than 20 years ago. Yeah, Carl, was Carl in Malone, Carl Malone thing, doing the whole voice yeah. and everything, doing, like, a dumb black guy voice. Like, I don't, see, I don't, all right, so something like that, I don't look at that and say blackface. I look at that and I say Jimmy Kimmel dressed as Carl Malone the same way he would but how, but if how, he was doing, the same way he would if he was doing Larry Bird and he would try to do Larry Bird's voice. Like this this is he's making right. fun of Carl Malone. He's not making fun of black people. And that the, what he's making fun of is is independent really of Carl Malone being uh, being a black you guy. You know, that's fair to an extent except for the fact that he clearly is darkening his skin and yeah. changing his voice to sound like a black guy. Right. So I think so for me where the difference is is that I think uh, like blackface as it's used as blackface um, is a caricature of an entire race as as in one person, whereas this Jimmy Kimmel doing Carl Malone is a comedian imitating a celebrity. He happens to be black, so part of my costume for said imitation will will have to involve. Uh, Doing doing Here's black the thing. skin to like, take it back to my original point. Like if you were going to be if you were going to imitate do an imitation of Patrick Swayze, you would you know you would put yourself right. together like Patrick Swayze. Right. And look, I'm not losing any sleep over, and I never really thought twice about the fact that Carl Malone. Like every time this story comes up, Jimmy yeah. Kimmel as Carl Malone gets thrown out there as an example of one that people aren't talking yeah. about or or freaking out over because the right person did it or whatever. I happen to think that's true. I don't care that he did it, but no, he he uses a very stereotypical black voice. He's acting. I've never in a in a I, you know. I've never heard uh, Carl Malone speak. Is are they? Uh, how close is the voice that he gets to Carl Malone? Yeah, you know, it's 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 not terrible. It's kind of yeah. funny. I mean, like it's not the worst uh, Carl Malone I've ever seen in my life. Again. I don't care that Jimmy Kimmel did it, except for the fact that there's this reaction amongst people. Like, for example, when Megyn Kelly got canned. And I don't care. Again, I don't care about Megyn Kelly. I could give a shit less about her, too. But the fact that she got canned for suggesting that maybe there are situations where it's not such a big (coughs) deal to darken your skin when you're dressing up like somebody or playing a role or whatever yeah. it may be. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I was... And then she gets fucking let go, mostly because of the but, money and the fact that NBC owed her a say- contract. We know that. So you're saying there's a double standard of play that Jimmy Kimmel does not because he's actually done it, whereas she gets in trouble for just suggesting it? I think it's because there's certain people who, again, going back to my whole yeah, all it's, race a, all the it's, time, a du- it's a double standard. It's, it's used you, someone- in, this, in this weaponized way yeah. Where um, I most of the time I don't care that people yeah. dressed in blackface. It's all about time and place. It's all about context. And certainly, to be perfectly honest with you, since we're talking about Northam and the whole Virginia situation, the fact that again the guy's standing next to somebody in a KKK hood—that's pretty fucking galling to me. When I first saw that, I was like, "Oh <laughs> yeah, shit! That one's, Clearly, that should, this guy's going down." That's definitely the thing you should be more angry about. That's is what's the so KKK amazing hood. to me is that it's not. But I no, I totally, I, I understand. I, like I said, I and understand. Just to, just to mention another one, Joy Behar apparently. Oh yeah, was she, she in blackface. Good, you thought she looked pretty good. There you go. Um. You know, and it's not a big deal. She was she was supposed to be dressed up as a black woman or whatever. Who fucking gives a shit? I mean, honestly, who cares? But the um, sexual misconduct one in Virginia makes it all the more crazy that the second guy in line is accused now of sexual misconduct, not once but twice accused, and he is the lieutenant governor of Virginia or whatever. Um, yeah. Norwood, is that his name? So, again, he happens to be black. The establishment, the media pressure, the narrative, the whole thing has really, in my opinion, shied away from 
the fact that this guy's accused of sexual misconduct. You mentioned how for a minute, for a second, the news cycle was on the side of yeah. Me Too. You can't, you can't beat race, baby. You can't beat race. So the fact that the guy happens to be African-American, it doesn't matter that he's accused of sexual misconduct because that trumps all, especially when you're going up against a blackface case. This, uh... It's hard, to, it's hard to keep up with, but it's there. It's it, there. It's wild, too, that it's Virginia that this is going on in because that's such, like, a fucking... I feel like every every presidential election we have, Virginia is just, like, a fucking dogfight state. Like, whoever gets Virginia is going to win. Like, they, they, people are obsessed with Virginia. And I love that you brought this up because you actually mentioned that you have some history with... Um, and eventually I'll talk about my quail hunting trip down in Georgia. <laughs> um, but you mentioned that you have some history with Virginia. Uh I never I, I don't think I had the racism respect for Virginia that I ought have. What I mean by that is, yeah, I mean, Richmond, the, the capital of the Confederacy, uh, it, it's it's a vast early state. I mean, like you're talking like go back to the Jamestown settlement. That's some of the yeah. earliest European settlement in America. So yeah. Virginia is in many ways very old south and i think because it's like not yeah. quite as far down as uh, you know i i in other, well, in other words when of, i think of racist yeah. when i think of like racist yeah, you know yeah. what i mean i think of alabama about mississippi the sw- the swampy south the hurricane yeah. south yeah yeah and um, virginia in many ways is old south so virginia, i don't think i had the racism respect like for virginia virginia just to me reeks of like the aristocratic south like big plantation south, yeah. uh, moneyed south, tobacco, a little, uh, yeah, farther north, a little closer to northern industry. It's a mid-Atlantic state too. Um, when I, uh, I, I went down there for officer candidate school, and then uh, the basic school was there. So I was there from September of '07 through July of '08, and then I went down for a comparison to North Carolina for hmm. um, about six months after that. Which, by the way, I always was amazed by the fact that North Carolina has such a strong accent. I mean, some of the toughest accents, yeah. when I work customer service on the phone, yeah, they got some of the real, toughest to understand was North Carolina. They got a real drawl down there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's also fucking, it's a cougar-rich environment, especially near the coast. Nice. Um, but uh, it's it's weird. It's You don't. When you dr- go into Virginia for the first time, you don't really feel, especially Northern Virginia, doesn't really feel like the South. Uh, even like, even like in terms of terrain and stuff like that, it's it's still the uh, the, the le- like things are very. It's it's just reminds you of you know South Jersey, Delaware, Maryland. Right. right. Like it's not there's not a dramatic uh, shift. Like you just start getting in North Carolina and stuff, you start getting like palm trees and shit. Virginia's still kind of. Like, it has, there are elements of it that still feel slightly northern, but then you start getting down to, like, like Richmond, Charlottesville, like, you start getting down into Virginia, yeah. you start getting near, you know, the North Carolina border, and then and then you start to realize, like, you're in the fucking south. No, it's crazy. I mean, when you think about it, and again, I have spent some time in, uh, not actually West Virginia, but Western Virginia, like, I went down to see my buddy who... Uh, opened a, a restaurant in Blacksburg at uh, Virginia Tech. Um, you know, that was a long fucking drive. We went down there. Um, I just, I guess in my mind, for whatever reason, always purely from a geography standpoint, didn't give Virginia the, the racism respect yeah. that I really ought to have. And, and in many ways, things were staring me in the face. You mentioned Charlottesburg, uh, Charlottesburg, you know, like um, Charlottesville. Yeah, Charlottesville. Charlottesville, yeah. what happened uh, two summers ago, whatever. Um, I didn't have it properly ranked in, in the well, racism respect. It, you know what? I think another another piece of that is... You got governors um, in blackface and KKK and the third in line with the blackface. And what is it already? Well, again, Northern Virginia... Washington D.C. is right there, so it's that's that's a that makes it you know D.C. is a kind of co- it's a coast East Coast city, right? right? Right. So there's East Coast cities, especially Northeast Coast cities, have huge liberal elements to them, 
And then there's that kind of urban sprawl, and there's like Alexandria and Arlington and stuff around that. So there is a foothold there where it's not it's not just filled with fucking good old boys. I right. think it really is when you start pushing down towards towards the North Carolina um, border that you start to see that shit. And if yeah. you go, it's like start going uh, out west a little bit. So again, um, speaking of the fact that I went on this quail hunt now, I might as well transition to that since yeah. it makes sense with the good old boys. This guy, Zach, that took us out hunting. So my buddy Brad uh, moved down there, you know, is having a great time with it down in Georgia. He's part of this hunting club. Uh, he took us out to shoot clays on Saturday. It was my first time shooting a gun. So it was my first time uh, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, handling a shotgun in that way so and you guys shoot- just shotguns the whole time shotguns cool. the whole time and uh he's got like you know handguns and rifles and yeah. all this stuff i mean he showed me some stuff back at his house but we only i only shot shotguns so we did the, the clays on saturday and then the next day we got up early we're going out for a quail hunt so this is at his uh hunting club so it's almost like um to me you're you're just in this huge park I mean that's that's how else uh, but undeveloped park you know what I mean like yeah. imagine if it's just a, if if a park was um woods and there's driving paths that can go everywhere and these guys have retrofitted basically SUVs where they cut the tops off and they've got like bench seating going up the back and the and the dogs can also fit. So do they take you out like does the staff there take you out or you yes. just go out okay So this guy Zach who's a guide uh, took us out and he's got the the cutoff suv we're driving out there the dogs are in the cages up front the two little um flusher dogs basically yeah and he's got um two uh pointer dogs as well in the back um so you know anyway we're getting out there and he's explaining it to us he's like look you know you keep your shotguns um open when we're still walking around so you don't accidentally shoot somebody and when i say all right guys you know lock them up and get in position uh, which one do you want? Oh, Brad. Okay. You're going to be on the left. James, you're on the right. Make sure you maintain that relationship. You know, you're strictly looking from 12 o'clock to three o'clock, you know, don't try to shoot behind you. Don't obviously, you know, shoot to the left. If you're on the right, this, that, the other. So we get out there. He's like, all right, this is a good spot. We're going to go out, you know, f- basically follow the dogs. Now there's quail and pheasant in this particular wood that we're hunting. And the pheasant are a little bit different. Because they, um, their instinct is to just take off as soon as they see the dog, unlike the quail. The quail will actually hold in place when they first see the dog. Really? That's like their instinct is to basically try to like hold in place what, and hope the dog doesn't see them. What are we talking about size-wise with these? Uh, uh, the quail is kind of like a I've like s- a pigeon. Okay. But it's um, maybe s- slightly smaller. It's like a, like a Cornish game hen almost? Kind of, okay. yeah. And, um, you know, they're more like brownish okay. than... Uh, a pigeon, which I guess is more like obviously gray. Yeah. Uh, the the quail is more of a brown, and I think they call them Bob White uh, quail. Bob White? Yeah, I think. They that... gave it a person's name? <laughs> B-O-B-W-H-I-T. Yeah, I think it's, it's because it's White. like the way that they uh, – I think that's actually the noise that they. Could might you make. imagine if, uh, if say, say some guy named Bob White gets killed, <laughs> and some fucking idiots out hunting? Oh, now I want to look this up. Some idiots out hunting quail, and but he's also someone fucking says someone over, overhears him saying that he shot he shot Bob White, and then he gets interrogated by like one of those fucking uh, overbearing Southern cops, and he confesses to the murder of. Of Bob White, yeah, unwittingly. That's that could possibly and happen. It's, and it's the South, so you know that when he tries to appeal and fucking get off of off of death row, yeah, that that they're not even going to give it a second glance. It's true. <laughs> and, it's true. And that they're just gonna they're just gonna stick the needle, yeah, <laughs> in his done. innocent arm, and he's, it's he's finished, and it's over. You, the, the murder all of be- Bob White, all because they had to fucking they had to name a yeah. bird after a person. Yeah. Well, thank God that that, that didn't happen to me. Um, but again, the, the I quail, killed Bob White. I killed Bob White, the murder of Bob White. <laughs> Did you kill Bob White? <laughs> <laughs> well, you best tell the truth, boy. We yeah. might be able to spare you the electric chair. You yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old Sparky. Like my father before me. 
he took a rebel stand Well, he was just 18, proud and brave But a Yankee made him in his grave I swear by the blood below my feet They can't make a cane rise up when he's in defeat The ninth Federal Dixit down So anyway, the, the quail, they hold in place. The pheasant just take off. And also the pheasant smells so much stronger to the dogs that the dogs can't help themselves. They'll just go right after it, even the pointer. So the whole point, the whole idea do is... Do the dogs the ever fucking nab one? Yes, they do, as a matter of fact. And sometimes some of the ones that we had slightly injured with yeah. our shotgun shot, uh, the, the the little, you know... BBs or whatever the fuck it is. Was, shoot are, you, out. are you guys shooting buck or slug? Um, it, you know, that's a good question. I, I'd have to uh, defer to other people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about to a question like that. But I know that I was just putting shells in there. Okay. And I think it sent like almost like a. Okay, yeah, that's a spray uh, that's to buck, an extent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, we're going out there, and the um, the pointer dog. Basically, they see this little what they call covey of the quails, and they hold in place, and they they're they're just you know like basically like how many pointing right at it, and their tails straight up, and they're just oh my god, I see it, you know what I mean? How many how many quails like travel in a group? Usually, I think it's like I'd say anywhere from four to like possibly even like sixteen, you know what I mean? Like it seemed like there were some that had a lot, and some that only had a few in there. Um, if you're wondering what that sound is, my, my landlord's dismembering a body. Yeah, in the yes, right yeah now. exactly. Um, so we went out and we, we saw some uh, points where the your dog is, is saying, okay, we've got some, some birds here. And the guy, Zach, is like, all right, guys, lock them up. And then you get in place on left and right. And he's got his other dog, his little flusher dog, this tiny little, you know, basically Cocker Spaniel looking thing. And uh, he called it Cricket was the name of the, the little pointer dog. And he's like, all right, Cricket, go get him. And then the, the Cricket runs in. And once that happens, the oh, quail are two. Yeah, they're way too you guys... realizing that something's going to happen yeah. here because it comes in to the yeah. to the bush or whatever. Yeah. So then they shoot out, and you're just ready at that you point. Should... Oh, so it's almost like skeet shooting. Yes. Okay. And at that point, boom, you see them coming out and just boom, boom. And you try to – got the two yeah. shells in there. And um, – yeah, you get after it, and uh, you've got probably, I'd say, like two to four seconds to hit those quail once they come out. Skeet shooting fucking rules. Yeah, and it, and it was awesome. I mean, look, I didn't really know what to think. I'll be honest with you, because I, I've never shot a gun before. I hadn't killed anything. You know, like I was going to be definitely like, you know, eh, a little bit touch and go with that whole thing. Yeah. And um, I'm not a huge birds guy, so I didn't really have any problem with that. And it was just such an adrenaline rush. Birds are very part of arrogant, aren't they? I find birds to be very arrogant. They were just walking around with their chest puffed out. They're defi- kind of dirty, you defecating know. Defecating like, wherever they yeah, please. Yeah, it's nasty, yeah. you know. I'm not a huge birds guy. Just crossing the street at will, making us wait for them. Not a huge, yeah, exactly. Not a huge birds guy. So we also got what some a, pheasant. We did a, get some pheasant. And if I may, before we go on. And what a fucking, I mean, to go from dinosaurs to pigeons. Like these great yeah, beasts that, that roamed the earth. The T-Rex, Velociraptors. You go from being that to taking a shit on a statue. Who the fuck do you think you are? But your biggest accomplishment is that you stole a half a sandwich from a toddler at the beach? Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. You're right. Fucking birds. Yeah. No, see, I'm not a huge birds guy. What an evolutionary disappointment. Yeah, I agree with you. And so at times, like you asked, if the birds, if the dogs ever get them, once, especially once you've injured them a little bit, they, they still might still be like with it a little bit. And then the bird, the dogs will get them. Um, and, uh, you know, it's awesome. The, the the flusher is also the retriever. So they also get the dog, the birds once you've shot them uh, dead. But, I mean, look, the, the, it, I read this New York Times article on the plane on the way back, the same one where I got pissed about the girl getting out into the aisle when I had to take a piss, and that was the only time when she decided she was going to go. Um, th- this guy said, the, really, the, bird, uh, the dogs are the hunters, and you're just – like playing the role of executioner. Yeah, yeah um, you're just cleaning at that up. Point. Yeah. yeah, and it's so true. These bird, these dogs are awesome. I mean, they run for miles. I mean, the guy said that the one time that he had his dog out there, he clocked them because he'd got like a tracker on them, 
and the dog ran 26 miles the entire time. A fucking marathon. Because they're just, they're just going. Yeah, they're just, they those just go. things just have fucking energy. Yeah, man. it's amazing. And, um, you know, you, you really, if you want to hunt the pheasant, you got to, as they say, stay up with the dogs because they don't hold in place, the yeah. pheasant. As soon as they see the dog, they're taken off. And you only have a couple seconds to shoot that thing down. I got to get out Long Beach, uh, down uh, down by like Long Beach Island. You got in the swamps. With, they'll take they'll take you out a little uh, like uh, outboard motorboat. Yeah, and shoot duck. Yes, I want to. I want to give that a shot. Yeah. So my buddy, the day before I got down there, had gone out on a duck hunt, and that's like tough because you got to really get out into the middle of the swamp where. You drag the boat over land here, yeah. and you fucking pull it up over this little mini river here, yeah, and like you know, that's a manly day. Yes, yeah. So the duck Very hunting is not for the faint of heart. Masculine. Yes, um, you'd have to bring a Gillette razor to, to um, yeah. you know, really fit in. Um, but the duck hunting definitely is something I would try, and uh, they also do turkey shooting. Um, I'm not a big cool. turkeys cool. guy, so you yeah. know, I like turkey too. So yeah. um, I would definitely do that. But uh, anyway, that was my experience. Having gone quail hunting, Shoot, yeah, shooting a turkey and then taking it and like frying it and having a party would be killer. That would be awesome. That'd be great. Yeah, especially got like a couple and a bunch of people. Yeah, throw some of it on the grill. Yeah, yeah that'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Yeah, um, kill some fucking birds. Definitely. Uh, sw- switching gears a little bit, I bought my first piece in years. My first glass. Yes, piece. you were saying that before. Yes, congrats. I, thank you. Um, I'm trying to break away from my bad habit of enjoying l's just yeah way too often any any particular reason um a combo i guess like i'm tired of uh, i'm just kind of tired of them to an extent like and this happens to me in the past it's nice to go back and forth yeah and and what happens is it's usually almost always in the winter yeah because i'm kind of like shit i'm tired of going outside and and being forced into definitely smoking out side and, so and you, dealing with the elements and all that kind of when stuff you smoke the glass you smoke inside um i still take it outside but i feel like i could in the basement yeah. enjoy my bowl every now and then fuck <laughs> and um yeah you might as well right uh i also um kind of just have a habit now of, of not smoking in my house just because it's I haven't at all. Yeah. And sure, most of that was because of the blunt thing, but it's also just sort of something I followed. Yeah. And I, I, well, when, when you're burning cigar paper, too, with it, that's... Uh, right. And that was really what I've always smoked, so it was never a question that I was going to smoke that outside. Yeah. I went um, through, uh, right after the new year, I went through like a little spliff period where I was yeah. sprinkling a little tobacco into J's. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. After I did it a couple times, I kind of like, kind of sniffed around. I was like, ah, I don't like... I don't like that fucking. I don't like that burnt tobacco scent yeah. hanging in the air. No, it's true. And and look, I think I'm sort of just getting a little bit sick of tobacco myself. That's partly where the whole L shutdown is coming from a little bit. The L shutdown. The L shutdown. <laughs> yeah, I didn't wow. even think of that. You really do work in the news industry. That's just fucking <laughs> creeping into your lexicon. It's true. It's true. My God, it's terrible. Cuomo saves the day. Yeah, the L shutdown. Um, How so, long do you think he was sitting on that, by the way? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I, it's so interesting because clearly his strategy, and we're talking about Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, who is also, you know, sort of a tertiary candidate for president. Um, he Emphatic speaker. Yes, he definitely we has. We are <laughs> going to. And that's brutal. Let me tell you, because when you cut sound bites for a living, it makes it hard. Here's the thing. <laughs> to fit within 10 seconds or whatever, yeah. somebody like that who talks like that. Um, it's very challenging. Pronounces every syllable. It's very, very challenging. But um, what was I going to say? Uh, the L shutdown, the L train shutdown and Cuomo avoiding it. His... M.O. is definitely that he's an infrastructure president. You yeah. know what I mean? He's an infrastructure candidate. Yeah. So if you want somebody who can rebuild America, yeah. go for Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. Well, that's why he's been – and he's been giving Trump so much uh, shit over the uh, the Gateway Project. Right. Right. Um, I even said – look, I said, look, I'm the last person you would know that would ever want Cory Booker or somebody like that to be president. But, but if it somehow meant – that the new arc tunnel or whatever happened, yeah. that'd yeah, be awesome. That's where I'm at on on those guys. Is I I disagree with a lot of those outspoken and I'm sure New, it New York New York and New Jersey uh, 
liberals on on so many issues, but they are very good advocates for things that the area needs. Right. Um, I mean, I can't deny that that would be at least a, a tertiary. Is this kick? Do you think? Nah, there should be shit in there. Um, that should be a tertiary uh, benefit to. There you go. Like I, I'm the one who has Bell's palsy. <laughs> you know, I was laughing about that randomly. Yeah. Well, at one point when we did an episode together, I think that was one back at my house actually. Um, yeah. We did smoke. Oh yeah, I'd been going since about four a.m. And you commented that you had Bell's palsy. Yeah, well, like that, which I'd, really made me laugh I'd after been, the fact. I'd been going since like four a.m. and it, I think we were recording at like nine o'clock at night, and uh, we drank a couple beers and smoked. So I was just fucking. I was. Uh, that's part just, of the reason I was a fucking human pile of mush. That's part of the reason I wanted to make sure we <laughs> did that epi- this episode today, which, by the way, we're doing it on Sunday because I knew I could stick to this earlier schedule. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm going back to the 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. schedule now. My coworkers off paternity leave, so um, you know I'm back to the later schedule. It makes it harder for you, obviously, and and us to make that happen because you work so early in the day. Um, but it's good. I mean, look, I, I actually kind of like doing it on the weekends. I think the one thing I'll say is I definitely have more energy. Yeah. Some of those shows that I've done after having worked, which is counterintuitive. It's, yeah. you would think it would be kind of opposite, but, um, I know some days I'm like a little bit fired up almost from some of the shit that happened during the yeah, day. Or well, you're yeah, kind of, you're, you're on, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? you're on yeah, throughout the, the day. The machine's running. Exactly. Like today I fucking cleaned. And I went to Trader Joe's. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I went, uh, I, I took the laptop into the Yeah, you the went city. into this. What, what were you doing? Just I, I just like, some stuff? yeah, and you know what, if it's, it, I don't, I don't like to just wake up, drink coffee, and sit down at th- this desk and do shit. Like, I want to, like, leave, get some fresh air, mm. move around a little bit, mm. turn my fucking brain on. Yeah. And if I'm... If I'm at, you know, if I'm at work, you know, I go post up in a conference room that's got nice big windows, there's a lot of sunlight coming in, and I can just, like, like focus, I can play some music on my, my tablet, and right. fucking edit shit on here, do whatever, and... You're editing, like, sack tap episodes and stuff? Um, I'm, like, I'm, like, toying with the idea of doing uh, some stand-up open mics, so I was, oh, okay. I was just, like, writing... Just aggressively, you know, writing out thoughts to see, you know, what I can, what I can yeah. chisel down. Good for into, you. Uh, I, you know, I really, what. I respect the hell out of that because, um, I think that anybody who wants to be, you know, a podcaster or like anything like that, you know, it really should be something in your repertoire. I'm too much of a pussy, I think, to really ever try it, but, um, I would definitely, I, I would be lying if I said I'd never ever thought of it you know what I mean if I never had considered it or like thought like oh if I did have to do at least like five minutes with a gun to my head right now like what would I do you know something like that yeah my feeling is that it's just it's a good way to improve like you know stage presence vocal you know vocal presence whatever Um, it forces you to think think things through like really put like look at take a topic and look at it and say, you know, how can I get five minutes of just me talking, talking about this? And then what's the you know, the worst case scenario is, you know, you waste uh, a, a night or two a week and you drink a couple of beers and you meet some some interesting, maybe like minded people and expand right. the network a little bit. So I think, you know, and, you know, at best you can make a bunch of people laugh and, and do something with it. It's like it's just another another avenue to uh, to get out there and. uh yeah. Some shit. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So anyway, that's cool. I'm glad to hear that you're uh, working on that. But yeah, I bought my first piece in years. It's from a company called Seeds of Life, which Seeds I've heard is actually a sperm. decent. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What What could be better? Um, and it's kind of a a bubbler, I guess. Really more than like oh, a big nice. bong. Nice. Um, but I gotta tell you, it is smooth. It is really nice. Killer. And or, or I should say water pipe because the guy kept freaking out anytime I slipped up and said pom- bong at the store. I was like water pipe, and I know that he's they're got, not allowed to. I know sell, it's yeah, like it, so it's funny. not. It, I know it's not the guy himself actually being that much of a nerd or a square. I know that he's got like you know probably like recordings yeah. and it's it's got to be said. It's part of the agreement. Well, and but yeah, I, there's, water, there's, water, there's probably there's probably some group out there that sends pipe. people in trying right. to. To right. get the guy to slip up. Right. So anyway, I bought one. I'm trying to get away from the uh, from the uh, blunts. And uh, another topic that we wanted to touch on, and then I can get back into some of the more random stuff I have, 
is how you are a huge Roger Stone. Supporter. I love Roger you Stone. You love Roger there's, Stone. Uh, I believe on the other side of this uh, a buck of his. laptop, there's uh, Stone's Rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, wh- what is it about Roger Stone you love so much? Is his vicar- his carefree, sexual uh, yeah. I, I'm, well, I mean, lifestyle? He's, he, he's just kind of like a libertine, like, live and let live kind of guy, and I generally think that that's like... I basically think people should be able to do whatever the fuck they want right. within the bounds of not hurting anyone Including else. Including he and his wife, Nikki. Yeah. Um, and you made the very astute observation that any woman who knows is who's known as Nikki. With two Ks. Right, with two, two Ks, Ks. Yeah, and an tends I. Tends to enjoy yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, male anatomy arts, Yeah. You will. Yeah, the, I, the, I don't the think that, arts. yeah, there's not, there's not a lot of, of chicks walking around that spell... Spell it N I K K I. That I feel like that that is uh, you like to fuck. If yeah. You spell Nikki like that. Right. Not it doesn't mean if your name is Nikki and you're a chick that you like to fuck. But if you right. choose like to in spell other words, it, if your N-I- name is Nicole and your dad calls you Nikki and it's N I C K I or, or N I C K Y or, or whatever, pride up. But if you're going with the double K's in the middle, then is, there's zero question. I mean, yeah, you you danced on a couple poles in the eighties. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I appreciate again that. to reference the Dallas Cowboys cheerleader yeah, poster. Like there's a Nikki in this poster. Nikki's somewhere. in that poster. I have a 1980s Dallas Cowboys cheerleader poster and like the the chicken. The front has a very it is like a it's, it's almost like she's wearing a, a cup like she's got a very meaty vagina she does she does she does <laughs> probably a nikki um she's probably a nikki yeah but i what i also i also thought was cool was that i read roger stern's or uh, roger stone's personal ads and fucking i i noticed that i fit the description of a guy <laughs> that he would be willing to let bang his wife, which was great. Well, oh, bu- well built, sexually experienced f- uh, service members. Yeah, like yeah. to a T. Yeah, yeah. You could have absolutely uh, answered any of those ads. So, in the, if, uh, and if he goes away for a while and she needs some company, right? You know. Yeah. Hey, look. I mean, I get Mike to the rescue. I, I imagine that they're still. Oh, in definitely. That, in that area, yeah. in that place. Have you seen him? He, I mean, he still dresses well. He works out. He's like a fit. Like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're definitely so, doing it. Um, and has got some cans, and, too. And he's, you know, potentially looking at some some legal uh, yeah. stuff. And it remains to be seen what's going to happen there. Yeah. So maybe you should reach out and say, yeah. look, Roger, I'd love to look in on her every uh, now let me, Yeah, let me take care of her. Let me, yeah. uh, I will, like, uh, I was watching uh, Pulp Fiction the other day, like when Vincent Vega has to look after Marcellus Wallace's wife. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, it's a thing. Ho- you know, hopefully in this situation, Roger Stone wouldn't throw me out of a window <laughs> for banging. I, I was so confused by that that plot point in Pulp Fiction. It, why does... I don't understand why Vincent Vega has to babysit Marcellus Wallace's wife and take her out to dinner for the night. I... Yeah. What? I, I don't know. I mean, like this all... clearly, this can only lead. Well, it makes you think if maybe there friction. was somebody who wanted to cause those kind of problems between them. Maybe. But Marcellus, it was. I think it was his idea. It was his idea. Yeah. Why well, is he you know doing what? this? That's the thing. The more the more you peel away the layers of the onion, the more you struggle to understand certain people. And just like a guy like Roger Stone and his yeah. wife may have a very healthy uh, sharing sexual relationship. Um, it's certainly possible that, and, and, you know, there are other situations where men like to put it out there where yeah. things happen and they get into fights over their girl or whatever it may be. So, you know, it, you never know. So you you think, just never know. Because, you know, he, uh, if you're familiar with the movie, you know that, uh, Marcellus Wallace had Tony Rocky horror thrown out of a window because he gave Mia Wallace a foot massage. Right. Um, so you would think that a guy like Marcellus Wallace, who is so prone to violent, jealous outbursts, would not go out of his way to create a scenario in which another man is taking his wife out on a dinner date. Is what that's kind of what confuses you would think. me. He's facilitating this. Yeah, I think it maybe I think it's certainly very possible that. Um, you know, Samuel L. Jackson wanted that to happen the way that it did, deep down. 
I'm yeah. I just uh, or Vi- uh, Ving Rhames is uh, oh Vin Vin, Vin, well Vin Rhames. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, what's uh yeah? What's uh, Samuel L's name? Uh, fucking Travolta's Vincent Vega. And fucking what the fuck? I fucking hate when this happens. I can look it up. Oh, Jules. Jules, that's yeah. right. Like Jules Vernon or some shit. Jules Winfield. That's that Hawaiian burger joint. <laughs> oh shit! Big Kahuna burger. <laughs> um, I do love the taste of a good burger. He does. He does. And actually, now I'll, I'll, I'll tell you quickly about mm. this. This awful. That is a tasty burger. Um, a, a terrible thing that happened to me with regards to food. So last weekend, I was trying to be- beat a cold. And I took this uh, zinc, these zinc tabs. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the zinc's supposed to help you fight it off. Yeah. And it um, it did definitely help me beat the cold. But the problem was that it contained mannitol, which is M-A-N-N-I-T-O-L. And if you've ever had sorbitol. It sounds like the kind of thing that the, mannitol sounds like a product that would be like advertised to the gentlemen of the house in the 1950s like back when like like kind of like self-care and stuff yeah, were just yeah. starting to come in gentlemen try manitol like yeah some just fucking, fucking like, sponsors just a little like, orphan annie just some like white radio pill show. that it just so, some sort of like for the general for yeah. general health and vitality the shadow manitol the shadow the shadow knows brought to you by yeah, manitol like he, he takes it and then like you know the wife comes up to him in the bathroom and like puts her arm around his waist yeah like, he gives a knowing glance the at smart the, man uh, has yeah. manitol like it's like yeah. a yeah, like a precursor to viagra manitol right well it's let me tell you it's nasty she'll want shit. to push the beds together tonight <laughs> when you take manitol <laughs> manitol push the beds yeah it's true um but no she won't because it's it's for me Manitol, sorbitol, it fucks with my stomach to an unreal extent. And what they are, they call them sugar alcohols. And it's uh, any fake sugar drink, fucking gum, uh, certain, you know, again, medicines and shit use this to, like, sweeten things. But it's not actually sugar real, like like we know. It, it's uh, sugar, alcohol sugar. Yeah. And the shit, this fucking manitol just a, shit really sucks. Just, just, sorbitol, just, a spoon, just a spoonful of manitol makes the toilet bowl turn brown. So if we, so let me put it to you this way. <laughs> if you, one time we read on the podcast, this was years ago we did this. We read the Amazon reviews for these sugar-free gummy bears, which use sorbitol. Yeah. And it just fucking destroys certain people's... St- I think some people can eat it, and it's they're yeah. totally fine. But certain people's stomachs just do not handle this shit well. And, I mean, like, I've talking The worst gas, like, in terms of just <laughs> explosiveness and smell oh. that I've ever had in my life is from this drink. It was a drink. B-A-I by beverage. Oh, yeah, I know that That shit. has sorbitol in it. Yeah. And it just destroyed my stomach. <laughs> so anyway, this sorbitol stuff is quick acting. It's like a bomb right through you. Boom. Yes. Uh, this mannitol stays in your intestine for a while. Oh, and no. I, I figured this out well after I'd already taken these zinc tablets to, to avoid the, the cold. So when I tell you that I was at work just running in and out of the bathroom in, like, very embarrassing fashion. Uh, some of the worst cramping diarrhea that I've ever had in my life from this fucking mannitol shit. So I'm sitting on the can. I'm sitting on the can, and I'm like, I must this have had that, some are, fucking sorbitol. Are you doing this at work? Yeah. That, and much, I'm like, I had I to. I love have, taking a shit at work. You know, Normally, I have no problem with it, and it's also, it's almost like part of my day where if it happens, it kind of just breaks up the day a little I'm bit. I'm very picky about, like, which bathroom and which like stalls? Well, I'll one do thing that sucked is that first of all, this bathroom that's right near our office—it's not—it doesn't get good ventilation. Yeah. And every time I go back there, and I know that I have to take care of business, it's it's me in my head saying, "Come on, come on, please, 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 come on, come on, yeah, come on, please, please, please." And what I mean, what I'm saying is, please let it be that it's been about an hour or so since someone went in there and violated. Oh it. yeah. And unfortunately. Is, uh, recently, it has not been that amount of time, and it's. You know what? You somebody know, in the one stall is fucking disgusting. I could well Just disgusting. You and I once worked at in the same building, and that building's bathrooms are a fucking disaster. Yeah, I remember those. Uh, I mean, I I don't know how grown like <laughs> professional. Gainfully employed, some married with children, like some making in, in the six figures, 
men for a major corporation are doing this shit to a fucking bathroom. But there's, uh, there, like, I, I could go on forever about shitting at work. Like, it's one of my favorite things to just, like, pontificate about. Right, um, right. What, like, there's, a, there are a couple things that always get me. Uh, one is when you go past someone on your way into the bathroom and they're on their way out and you're, like, getting ready to take a shit. And you go in and you see, I'm a big handicap st- uh, stall guy. Mm-hmm. So I see the handicap stall open. I'm sitting in there. And then you sit on just a fresh, warm seat. And you're like, <laughs> fuck. Not only do I know that someone who was just on here, I kind of know who it was. And it becomes so much more personal then. Like, I fucking, I always, before oh, before I take a seat on the shitter at work, I I take toilet paper. I don't. I don't. Nest. I build a nest. I don't I build nest. A nest. I don't nest. I fucking. I just take a big wad and I. I fucking wipe it down like the umpire clearing off home yeah, plate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I said, I don't. I'm not a nester. I feel like it just creates a very uncomfortable uh, layer. Oh, it's it's all so uncomfortable for me to begin with. But um, I just. Oh, I pray when I go in the, there that no the, one's been in there recently. The other the other thing is when you uh, when you look down. When you someone takes a stall next to you, and because my workplace, it's only it's two stalls in right, each bathroom. Right, and as you said, we did both work yeah. there, so I know where you speak. Um, when someone gets in next to you, and look, the average American diet is not very good. No, which also results in some very fucking loud, painful bowel movements. When you see, because you you're gonna recognize those shoes. And that, that shoe-pant combination, I've, I've had before where I've been fucking walking down the hall like 10 minutes later, and um, I just know, like, I'm looking at a guy, I'm like, oh, I know what, like, I know what you just went through. Like, I know that you who's walking around with your fucking buttoned-up khakis right now just had, just took a, a fucking foul, aggressive, wet shit that probably... The toilet paper in there is not a- equipped to really wipe. Like Handle. you can, you can do a fucking a good spot clean, but you just took the kind of shit that you really can't recover from without like a shower and a good night's sleep. And I know you're kind of walking around with a little bit of that left in your crack. Yeah. And man, talk about just having a psychological advantage over someone in life. Yeah, that's awesome. Knowing that's that awful. They, they have that going on. Yeah. But, well, that's really, really terrible. I, mean, I won't. I won't for that reason. I won't leave the stall if there's another person in the bathroom. Oh, I will, I will wait, too. I will wait until it is dead quiet. Me too. And then I hustle my ass well, over to the sink for just that plausible deniability that I was just taking a piss. Yeah. Well, I see. I have a problem where um, I hate just the fact that this has happened to me once or twice. Um, where, because, you know, again, where I work, it's not like it's just the bathroom for our company, even. This is a, a, a floor that has several yeah. different offices on it with the one ma- male bathroom. So I've gotten in there before. Uh, it happened at least once where I'm in the throes of a not so pleasant, you know, bowel movement. Yeah. And someone comes in and sits down next to me at that point. And maybe it's not even so unpleasant, but I just know that there's the noise of, of at the very least ploppage yeah so i'm you trying to and i'm just like, skittish can you just go can you get leave? shy can you just leave no i don't get shy i wouldn't say shy it's more just that i don't enjoy being in such close proximity yeah. to somebody I, I really really hate that i really I like hate that. yeah i don't think some some people it doesn't seem to bother them i you know it's funny i like i like to get in the fucking zone like i like to get my phone like that's because i try to i try to limit my um like my phone social media use right outside of that so i kind of like use that as kind of like hey, that's time, to little... get, time to get caught up yeah um but um yeah i uh it's awful. For me, it's what, bo- what bothers me more about a person being in the next stall is when they're taking a shit and like it, just like the sm- not not just the smell, but the in- just the entire essence of oh. that person being there and and defecating is just it's it's invade like the the aura of it is invading my space while I'm so trying sick. to fucking, fucking do so it, sick. and it's just like ah oh, god damn it. 
I can't even begin to tell you how sick that is. And it's weird because, like, when I was in college, like, I played, you know, I played football and I ran track and, like, you live in, like, you know, you, you live with your teammates and stuff and, like, you're, you're guys in the locker room together, you're fucking walking around naked, you're taking shits and stuff, and then there's no thought to it. Yeah. But I feel like it's because of that, like, in the Marine Corps is very much the same way. And that, I feel like you're in such a jungle fucking environment right. that you're just like, ah, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Um, it's not like you're not in a temperate, like, you know, a temperature controlled, like, corporate office right. building right. at work. Right. It offends you know. your sensibilities yeah. in that respect. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Like, there are places where, like, like if I'm at SantaCon and I'm taking a shit, like, I know what's going on. I'm in there to blast, clean up, and get the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, or like if I'm at a ball game and I'm doing it, you know, right. I don't, I'm not trying to settle in and relax for a minute. That's I'm like, true. let's, let's go to work. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm business-like in my approach. Yeah, I that's guess. true. You're absolutely yeah. right. The most American podcast ever created. Oh, here's your blessing. Oh, baby. Unless he raped you while he had blackface on, we don't give a shit. If I was running an American newsroom right now, I'd say, all right, this is what we're going to do. These are the headlines I want. I want entertainment. I want sports. I want weather. And race. Just race all the time. Lead story, race. Just race. Seriously. Race, race. Every fucking time that you turn on the radio, the TV, whatever the fuck it may be, Twitter, you open it up, it's just race, baby! Yeah. Give it to me, race! I mean, that's like really all there is fucking to it anymore. It's amazing! This has been a Flippin' Out Radio production. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you.